Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, good morning and welcome into another edition of the J.P. Peterson Show as I come to you live from our Orlando studio. Nick Geddes in a somewhat sweltering just oh TV studio. Oh, there's a lot of this going around. I've heard, I've heard a lot about it. Air conditioners failing <laughs> everywhere. And uh, yeah, what, I guess what, I picked a good day to stick in the Orlando. Yeah, what the hell's going on? It's nice in here. Yeah, and, and what the hell's going on with the air conditioning at, at uh, Advent Health Training Center? There's no air conditioning out there either. And I get in a hot car where in this heat, it doesn't matter how good your AC is. You still just yeah. like, it's just a hot box. And then it's I stepped into here this and I stepped into here this morning and I'm just like, it's a sauna. Oh. Dude, sorry about that. But we uh, soldier well, on. We soldier on. Soldier on, yes. Uh, living in Florida without AC is not an option. No question. Good morning to you, Christopher Cole, Bucks Rays Bolts. Uh, good to hear, good to see you guys already in. We got a great show for you today. Uh, Dan Lucas, News Channel 8, is going to join us. At 10.30 as they get set to uh, produce the first Bucks preseason games coming up Friday night against Pittsburgh. Mike T will be in town fresh off of his uh, crowning of Rondé Barber and his gold jacket ceremony. So it's good to see Mike T back in town. Um, I've had a long-term relationship with Mike Tomlin as well back to his early days here. And I uh, look forward to talking to Coach T. So we'll, we'll tee up all the Buccaneer stuff. We, we played the Devin White stuff live for you yesterday. But uh, we've got much more reaction on it, which is a huge positive, obviously, for the Buccaneers. So we'll get into that. Kyle Trask talked yesterday. Um, some interesting notes there on that quarterback competition. Sal Palantonio was in town yesterday for ESPN, so I had a chance to sit down and talk with him for a few minutes. Um, I'm very interested to see kind of the information he got because he spoke with uh, Todd Bowles yesterday and Ryan Jensen as well. So I think you'll uh, see some of those reports on SportsCenter coming up today. Um, Rays and Cardinals, uh, the preseason college poll is out. We'll get to that. FSU checking in. Top 10 at number 8, ahead of Clemson, I might add. Worthless polls, they are, these preseason college football polls. But whatever, we'll talk about that. More conference realignment stuff. What else did I find? NFL stuff, we got tons of stuff to go, so... First, for you, you were at camp this morning. Tell me, uh, what did you see? What happened? Yeah, obviously, I love watching the offensive linemen kind of like you. I think that's my favorite part of going to camp is just listening to Joe Gilbert speak, as I said last time. So I cued in on them, immediately searched for Ryan Jensen, saw he was in there, and he was fully padded and getting practice in, so that's good to see. Uh, because if you listen to what Todd Bull said yesterday about Ryan Jensen, it didn't really sound that optimistic. To me, yeah. to my ears at least, about no. uh, basically a straight up, yeah, I don't know, in regards to when he's going to get in yeah. there to 11 on 11s. And I had to leave right before that part of the practice, but at least from what I've seen, it doesn't look like Jensen's in there today with these 11 on 11s. Uh, no shot he's probably going to play in the preseason. I think, it, I think the way things are going, you're almost looking at a long shot that maybe he's even out there week one for the regular season. Well, here's the thing, um, and, and I was talking about this with Sal Powell and Mike Sando yesterday. Uh, to obviously national NFL uh, reporters, um, and, and I said I think this is a huge story. And you know, this is, ACL injuries are obviously very common in the NFL. Um, they are the injury that probably 
derails more seasons than than any injury in football, uh, save concussions. But concussions, you know, clearly you can come back from. But ACLs, you're done for the year. That's right. that's the killer, right? That's the one. So there's a huge focus on this particular injury. And as we told you last year, we're the first to report that Brian Jensen was going the stem cell route. And that when I told you then that was groundbreaking, this is going to be a huge story. Everybody's going to be following this. This has implications not only for the NFL, obviously, but other sports, but society in general. Medical people are watching this with a very, very close eye. There's Right now, there is a huge uh, pull and, and, and fight right now in the, in the medical world between the orthopedics uh, surgeons who obviously have a lot invested in this and the regenerative medicine doctors, the stem cell doctors that are curing things that used to only be a, uh, done through surgery. So clearly, you know, this is an existential crisis for orthopedic surgeons. They are going to push back tremendously on this. So they're watching this. Everybody is watching this. It's very under the radar, but everybody is watching this. And, you know, it's something that I, I haven't really been able to get a, a good feel from the organization or if Jason Light's even been asked about this is how was the organization from a decision-making standpoint dealing with this? How was, you know, what was the process last year when Ryan said, you know what, I'm going to go this route instead of the traditional surgery. And I want to get, you know, try to get back by the playoffs. You know, this is Tom Brady's last year. Ryan's talked about this. Right. Um, He's also said he has some regrets and maybe he should have gone the surgery route, which kind of tells me, um, you know, that this is, if I'm quoting him correctly, um, I, 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 but he just doesn't know. Nobody right. knows. Nobody knows until he gets out there. I've been told that all the tests are good. His strength tests are good, mm-hmm. but he, he's just not participating. Yeah, and he did get in with a couple, I remember now, he did get in with a couple one-on-ones, which is something he has not done this this so far through training camp. So that's a, a little bit of a positive progression. Again, this was like maybe like two or three reps against, like, I think Deidre and Sanat, and at least to my eye, it looked like he held his own on those. But, you know, I will say, if Ryan Jensen, because I think at this point, especially in his career, because what is he, 31 going on 32? (laughs) Might already be 32 coming off this injury. You have to take it very, very cautious with him, I think. Um, I will say, if he is out for an extended period of time, and I mean as if not coming back in the preseason, maybe being out week one, whatever it is, I do like the fact that the Bucks do have good options behind him because yeah. him not being out there is giving a lot of work to Nick Leverett and Robert Hainsey who are competing for that backup center job. Me and you are, think the same way of how we feel about Nick Leverett. Obviously, you play guard, center, it's a little bit different. Uh, I thought Hainsey, for the most part, held himself together last year, at least from a pass-blocking standpoint at center. Uh, have noticed there's been some... Some issues with the snaps, though, with Baker and Hainsey, and that kind of yep. happened again today. But again, Hainsey last year was snapping to six foot five Tom Brady, and Baker is, you know, what six foot maybe. Yeah. And the issue there is he's been kind of he's been throwing him over Baker's head. So, a couple things to get worked out there, but it's still early. But yes, in general, I like the depth that they have there, and of course, it's going to be a bit of a fall off from the play of Ryan Jensen, but I don't think it's going to be too steep. Well, I might disagree with you there. I think that you know Ryan Jensen is an All Pro. He is the heart and soul of this. Yeah, it's the other things he brings. Line. It's the other um, things. Yeah, exactly. He was the guy, and that's why when he went down last year, this team suffered dramatically. That's why Tom Brady suffered dramatically. That's why Tom Brady had to take a day off from camp when Ryan Jensen went down. He, he brings way more than just his excellent play, and not having him is going to be a huge blow to a team that needs leadership. Frankly, 
Um, so I think I, I think it's a huge loss. Now, listen, he's not gone yet. I don't I don't think the the book has been written on this yet at all. The problem no. is if he does have a setback and has to use choose surgery, he's done for the year. And, you know, and for the Buccaneers, that's two years you've wasted and paid him a lot of money, a lot of money to be on this team. Um, so it was a, it's it was a gamble. It worked in terms of him being able to come back for the playoffs. Um, but, you know, in the end, they got their ass kicked. So what did it really mean? Uh, it, it's just I think it's fascinating. And I do think that there's, you know, there, there could just this could just be general soreness of getting back out there. Right. And eventually the knee will hold up. We just don't know. But I think it's a fascinating story. So we'll see. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing I have to point out, too, I mean, you can make a case that the Bucks have a a concern slash question mark, honestly, at every spot on their offensive line. Sure. You can make that argument. Sure. And we've already talked about right guard and right tackle with the inexperience of Cody Malk and Luke Gedeke. We just went down the center position, and we don't know what the status is of Ryan Jensen. Matt Filer, at least in my mind, I need to see something. I mean, they've anointed this guy as the starting left guard, brought him in, very excited about him. Seems like he's been a bit of a journeyman throughout his career. Not highly rated probably, by PFF. Probably serviceable at best, so I have question marks at that position. And then Tristan Wirfs, listen, I know everybody says that it's Tristan Wirfs and he's going to make that adjustment because he's that damn good. And I'm not going to bet against the guy, but right tackle is not the same as left tackle. And, if you, heard, and if you heard Tristan Wirfs' press conference on, what was it, Friday, I don't think we've played it here, but he talked a lot about the mental aspect of that position and how hard it's been on him. And he kind of really opened up about his mental health and the psychological part of it, which was really refreshing to hear. But that kind of mm-hmm. tells you just how much of a transition it is for Tristan Wirf. So while I think the parts that I've seen out there, he looks like he's adjusting well. I'm not going to bet against the guy. Until you see it, you have to put some level of question mark on there. So, you know, is that great necessarily that you have a question mark at every spot on the offensive line? I mean, you've covered this team for a long time. We've seen it. We've seen it year in, year out with this team for a majority of their time, especially since you've been covering it, where this team has not had has not had stability on their offensive line. And it can take a season very, very quickly. Now, you you go look at the the better teams in this league. They're very solid along the offensive line. And that's true. That holds true in college football. It's just part of football. You've got to have continuity up there. And, you know, don't forget this is a whole new offense, and this is a whole new blocking scheme right. for these guys as well. And, you know, you're, you're asking five guys who have, you know, probably not played these positions at all together to, to come into a symphony in a new offense with what might be a neophyte quarterback in Kyle Trask or at least a quarterback you've never played with in Baker Mayfield. That is not a recipe for success in the NFL. I mean, I'm just here to tell you. I don't want to be, you know, Nancy negative here, but that is – not a recipe for success. Now, are there pieces and talent here? Absolutely. But that takes time to gel in the NFL. And I, to, to think that this offense is going to look good in week one is a ridiculous expectation because of the offensive line, because of the newness of everything. This is going to take time, and you better have some patience. I would even venture to say, you know, Friday night, it's not going to look good. And it's probably not going to look good, hopefully, you know, till you know, maybe four or five games in, maybe after the bye. Will it start really, really clicking? I think those are realistic expectations. If you're expecting this thing, hey, Dave Canell is coming in. We love the offense. It's moving everybody. Quarterback's moving around. Everybody's moving. Yeah, yeah. that's rife for uh, dysfunction. 
It's just because this is the NFL. And and I, I think you should expect that. And don't freak out when it happens because there's a lot of movement. I was listening to uh, Mark Schlereth yesterday, and he was on uh, was Colin Coward's show. Um, by the way, Colin Coward, worst take ever on the United States women's soccer team. Worst take ever. Go listen to it, Nick. Be, I don't think I want to. I, I might get into it a little bit later on, but oh, just, well, if you heard it, I was just, I was literally like, are you serious? Anyway, and Mark Schlayworth on. And Schlayworth was talking about how a good play caller can really make an offensive line. He's, he said, it's not just calling plays, it's calling an offense. And this is something I've been talking about for six months about, about the offensive line last year, much maligned. But any offensive line would have struggled with a play caller who's just so predictable. No, nothing, no, as you heard, um, oh, God, I'm trying to brain fart again. Um, old quarterback, jeez, I hate Kurt Warner. Happened. Kurt Warner, thank you. If you. When Kurt Warner was breaking it down, he's like, look, the run game does not match the pass game. It doesn't match. The, one doesn't work off the other. Let's make it very predictable. This offensive line never had a chance. It just didn't. Now, when you have this offense is designed to do just that. Everything works off the other thing. You know, you don't know if it's bootleg or if it's run, if it's stretch, if it's waggle, if it's you know a run pass option. You have to sit and wait. If you're a defensive lineman, are they running? Or are they passing? You can't just take off. You can't just shoot a gap. You can't do that. You've got to read and then react. That's 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 why Todd Bowles wanted this type of offense because he knows it gives his defense fits. You can't be aggressive defensively against offenses like this. So that helps the offensive line tremendously. So that will help these guys a little bit. That said, it's still all new. They're still all new together. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an issue. How they how they solve that, how they continue to stay patient and work hard with the negative feedback that they're going to get early on because right. I don't think they're going to play well is going to be a big part of it. Yeah, and like I said, first first game out of the gate against Minnesota is not an easy task. Week three against uh, the Eagles is going to be probably oh. their toughest task of the season. Uh, they have the advantage of that's that. Week two. Is that week two? That's or? week three. That's the game that's on, uh, what, Monday night, I right. believe. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, hopefully that gives them a little bit of a juice. But certainly I've circled that game on the calendar as we're going to find out what this offensive line is made of for sure. Yeah. Um, hey, I'll give you. I know we're talking about offensive line. I'll give you a positive. I saw, and I think this is this is fairly an obvious one. I'm not the first one to say it, but every time I'm out there, he just impresses, and that's that's Devin Tompkins. It just my man. I watch. My I man. I spent some time watching them do the drills, and it's like little things, like they're just like little route running drills and little foot drills. But like, I think you can tell. Like you can tell when someone just it looks different when they do it, right? Yeah. Right. And, and Devin Tompkins, it's just. It's so much quicker. It's so much nuance, kind of. And, you know, I said last week as a guy that I think could push Russell Gage a little bit for maybe some of those wide receiver three duties. And then I'm reminded of the fact that he's so small. And so maybe he's not a guy you can put out there for like 60% of the snaps or something like that. But I think if the Bucks are really trying to get the most out of this offense and the most of the parts they have, Devin Tompkins has got to be on the field in some capacity. I agree. Because I'm just Listen, saying, when you, when you look I, I at when this. I was going to say, when you watch Gage and Tompkins, and again, I try to go out there and I try not to, I, I just try to go in with, it, with a clear mind of, I don't know who these guys are. And I'm just saying, to my eyes, I see Devin Tompkins impressing me more in these day-to-day drills than the couple times I've been out there than Russell Gage does. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people new to the Devin Tompkins party. I was saying this last year in training camp, as you, were. you recall. You were. And during the year last year, I'm like, how is this guy not on the field? We're the slowest team in football, and this guy flashes every day in practice, and he doesn't get to play. The offensive coordinator is a moron. Um, and maybe part of that was Tom Brady didn't trust him. You know, he didn't like – he doesn't like young guys. doesn't like working with young guys. I get it. But Devin Tompkins can freaking play. You know, and this team, and how he doesn't. Did we he, put Jalen Darden out. Yeah, and he, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, what I love about him is he doesn't drop the ball. You rarely no. ever see Devin Tompkins drop the ball. Like even Trey Palmer, who's been really good this camp, he's dropped a few passes at times. I don't think I've seen Devin Tompkins drop the ball. I haven't heard of it. And he just he's fearless. Even though he's the smallest guy on the field, you see all these clips. The Bucks will put him out of these like crazy catches. And I guess yeah. yesterday he made like an amazing catch. It was like the best catch of camp so far. And it's like him basically just kind of willing his way into tough situations down the field. Yeah. He's fearless. You saw that on the kick returning and pump returning, and I hope that translates to the offense this season. I, I, he's got to play. You, you've got to get that ball in his hands three or four times. You know, I'm not saying that he's Tyreek Hill. It's not what I'm no, saying. No, no. What I'm saying is small receivers can make big impacts in this league. They can't. This, this, you know, when you get them in the right position, get them in open space, let them do what they do, they can make an impact, and this guy can make an impact on a team that's that's been kind of slow. All right, so let's uh, we kind of buried the lead here yesterday today because we did it a little bit yesterday with Devin White because we we played his comments live yesterday, and I think you know quite frankly they were um, they were surprising to me. I I was not I was hoping for the best, but I was pleasantly surprised to hear what he said. Um, so why don't you go ahead and set these up, and we'll go through them one by one and comment on them. Yeah, so we'll go here with Devin White admitting that he was uh, a bit selfish with the whole process so far. So here is that clip. Yeah, uh, far as regret, I don't think there's no regret. And I don't, uh, I don't think it's just about being paid. It's just about being a guy who was drafted here, you know, and doing a lot for this program. Just want to be the long-term guy, you know, just want to be a guy like Levante. He was, he'd been here forever. I wanted to be that next guy. And, you know, we just didn't make it happen when I wanted it to. And that's why I kind of got a little selfish, you know, even knowing I still had the fifth-year option and that was a thing in play. And, I mean, I guess early on you don't realize it. You just know, like, hey, I'm at the end of my contract. You know, let's, let's get it in. Lock me in. I know I feel comfortable here. I love the coaching staff here. I love all, you know, the teammates, even the fans, you know, the ones that went against me or the ones still with me. You know, it's all love. But at the end of the day, you know, I thought that was what's best for me, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm still here. And I came back with a positive mindset, and I'm locked in. And, I mean, y'all yeah, been watching practice. I've been getting it in. And, you know, I've been trying to be the leader for this team because, I mean, we got a, a, a great bunch this year, you know, and I think we can get it done. Well, listen, you had to have Devin White be great this year. You just have to have it, or this team's not going anywhere. You know, it's it's there's not a whole lot of depth on this team. Everything has to go right for them to get to nine, ten wins and win this division. And part of that is Devin White being a leader and being a good player. Um, yeah, he has first... to improve his game, and he talks a little bit more about that on, on some of these. Yeah, we'll go to this one here. Uh, we talked a lot about how would his teammates react to this and would he be voted as a captain and other things. And here was his his answer. I think he gave a really good answer here about being embraced by his teammates when he made his return here uh, to training camp. Yeah, man, the first day I came in, you know, I'm the one that led the huddle. You know, uh, like I said, like it is business. It's all business at the end of the day, you know. It's 
this is going to happen. You know, I hate that it had to happen that way because I love being here. Like, I can't overexpress that enough. Like, everybody know my love for horses. I got a nine-star born in, in Florida, you know. So I want to be here. I want to be established here. But, I mean, that's, that's in the past now. You know, I'm going out there. I'm trying to focus on what I can do better, you know, to set myself up for what I want. And, you know, it can't be denied. So I think that's the only thing. But even with me doing that, I'm still doing it within a team effort. You know, I'm just trying to uh, be the perfect teammate for my guys. And, you know, I want to be a captain again. That was one thing, like, I – like, a lot of stuff was hard. Like, sitting out was hard, and I wasn't really sitting out because I still came in the building, you know, because I want to be here. But at the end of the day, man, uh, that's over with. I'm on the field. I'm going hard, and I'm embraced by all the guys. I'm out there working and making them better. They're making me better. I mean, this is uh, exactly what we wanted to hear. I think um, when we were uh, first dealing with this back you know, a couple of months my- ago, um, it's kind of what I, you know, I, I gave him the old – uh, media, uh, a little, little advice in, in, in handling the media. This is what exactly what you should, should right. do. And he did it word for word. He, he nailed it. He nailed this yesterday and he did it with sincerity and he did it with authenticity. And I think honestly, it's the biggest development of camp. I would say too, like when he was talking about being a leader and the team aspect, he almost reminds me when he was speaking, if you think back to when Jameis Winston used to get up on the podium and talk about how much it meant for him to be a leader, like yeah. it almost rings the same it, it kind of comes out the same way when when Jameis used to say it, I get the same feeling from Devin White. And I'm not saying that from a negative standpoint because I think you know we've talked about Jameis a lot and how that kind of transpired. He wanted to be the leader, right. Yeah. But it was really tough for maybe the guys to rally around him when he's throwing, you know, picks right. across the yard and maybe some. You got to be a good player to be a leader. Yeah, you, you got to be. You, know. you got to be a great player, and I think he he's got the leadership qualities down. There's a reason why the Bucks made him the fifth overall pick, and the intangibles part of it uh, between the ears, I think, is a big part of that. Um, but the play has got to match it, and you know, Devin White he aced the press conference yesterday, and I love hearing that. And I said we squash it. What I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to sweep under the rug the tape he put out last year. At the no. end of the day, it's about what you do on the field. The tape is the tape. And some of the things I saw from him last year, and I think we all would agree, were downright egregious. Some of yeah. the worst linebacker tape I've seen from a guy who's supposed to be a star. And plays that he, I thought, took off a little bit that you would have never saw Derek Brooks take off. You would have never saw Levante David take off. Those guys were steady Eddie's consistent play for their entire careers. And that's the next step, I think, in the, the development of Devin White. I just hope that after four years, I kept saying, like, you kind of are what you are. I'm hoping that that takes away because I want Devin White to be great. But, yeah. again, i got to judge him off of what I've seen from the tape. Play, play, I, I'm gonna, your, your thought on Jameis Winston really kind of hit, hit a chord with me. Um, so... And let me go ahead and say it now. You know, I've always said this about Jameis. His his strengths were his biggest weaknesses, right? He was he was overly competitive. He could never quit on a play. Right. He never knew when to throw the ball away. He had to make a huge play on every play. And Devin is very much the defensive counterpart to that. You know, he doesn't he'll he'll go off script and say and he'll get over aggressive and try to make a play when that's not his play to make. That you gotta stay in your position, you gotta cover your guy, you gotta do your role, do your job, and let the other guys do theirs. Devin sometimes sees an opportunity, tries to make a big play, and it backfires. That and, and that's exactly what Jameis Winston would do. Yeah. Instead of just you know the play's not there, throw it away. No, I'm going to try to fit it in, 
pick six the other way. Right. You can't, you got to know when to do just do your job, do your job well. And I think there's some some sound I heard yesterday from him. If you could pick it out, um, that he there's some self awareness near. He yeah. knows what he needs to work on. Yeah, I'll play this one here. And he was asked, and I believe it was Scott Reynolds who asked him about his his pass rushing and if it was a goal of his to lead the Bucks in sacks. And Devin kind of pushed back on that a little bit. And here was the his answer to that. It's not my goal. Uh, I want to be a complete overall linebacker. You know, I want to be like, hey, he's the best linebacker, not just the best Blixen linebacker. And, you know, uh, I got a lot of work to do, but I'm willing to do it, you know, and I'm willing to uh, hone in on everything I don't do good because that's the title I want. You know, right now it's two guys that got the title, and, you know, I think me and Levante, we ain't too far, but, you know, obviously – Fred Warner and Roquan, you know, them two guys, they pretty, they set the bar pretty high last year. And, I mean, I know where work needs to be done, and I'm going to do it. You know, I know what I'm capable of. And, you know, I told Levante we're going to push each other, you know, because we, we always need to be the guys that they talk about being two best linebackers in the league. We fighting for one and two or one A, one B. And that's just my mindset, you know, and, I'm, and I can put it out there. You know, I can tell anybody, and that's what it is. I think that's very self-aware, a very self-aware that and, and whatever bowls and lights have told him, it seems like the door's open now. It seems like it, the light is on. Now he's got to go out and do it on the field. Yeah. I see him do it on the field. I, I was going to say, but, too, because if we go back to last year and listen to the press conference he gave in training camp, we were saying the same things. Oh, Devin White all of a sudden looks like he has some self-awareness and knows there's True. some hole in his games. And, you know, it looks like this year he's focusing on kind of honing in on his craft and he's going to become a complete linebacker. Well, those are the same things Devin White said at this time last year. And here we are a full calendar year later, four years into the league, like I said, and we're saying it again. So while I appreciate the fact that he's self-aware and he seems to have understood, he kind of maybe overstepped his... I don't know if this is the right way of saying it, but overstepped his boundaries a little bit uh, with the trade request and overvaluing himself a little bit. You've got to go produce on the field because at some point it just becomes it just becomes talk. At least that's how it lands for me in regards to Devin. And if I'm not mistaken, um, Fred Warner, who you mentioned there, and Roquan Smith are um, the two highest paid linebackers. Correct in football. Correct. So uh, I guess that's how he judges the best linebackers in football. I mean, and, it, and it, he seems very, very focused on money, um, which is, you know, listen, your play will dictate what you get paid. And I think right. he's making that connection now. And this is the, this has been the disconnection the whole time where he's talking about, I want to be that guy. I want to be focusing on money. He forgot the other part of it. Like you got to be the best right. to get the best money. Yeah, and it goes it goes hand in hand with making plays on the field and how he's always looking to make that play. Sometimes I feel like, again, I've never played the game, but it almost feels like maybe you can overcomplicate things a bit and overthink things. And if you just kind of, it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. If you literally just do your job and you hit your marks and you stay in the right positions, the big plays will almost like come to you, and they're you in hope. front of you. You hope, right? You hope. Here's the thing, and this is what you know kind of scares me a little bit. When you're focused on money, what do you get paid for? Interceptions, big plays, sacks, big plays, right? That's how you get paid, and in, in almost every sport. So sometimes, and this is what you ever you hear people talk about being a selfish player, right? A selfish player. That's when guys go off script, take chances in a defense. 
Try to get a pick, try to get a sack, try to get a tackle for loss. Take a bad angle to do so, you hurt the team. Right. You're trying to make big plays. Are you trying to make big plays to get paid? Or are you trying to make big plays to get to win? Because here's the thing. If you're playing within yourself, with, with what the, your coaches want you to do, within the structure of the defense, you may not you may have to miss out on a few of those plays. But you have to be confident that your organization is honest with you. And Todd Bowles will sit there and say, look, I'd rather you play within the structure of the defense than take all these chances. Okay, that's what we're grading you on. We're not grading you on how many big plays you make. Now, you better trust those people that are telling you this because those are the same people when you're in contract negotiations who say, you only had two and a half sacks this year. Right. You know, what happened? And you'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't, you told me to play my, I could have got more going off script. So there's a, there's a give and take there. And it sounds like Devin does trust. He does trust what Todd Bowles, because he said it many times, I trust what Jason Light and Todd Bowles are telling me. So Right, and that's why we should probably play this clip here that I cut up. And it's him talking about his relationship with Todd Bowles, what Todd Bowles means to him. And we've heard so many times that he thinks of him as a, uh, like a, what, a fatherly figure, I guess, is kind of the way we've heard it. And here was his, his answer to that. Yeah, I go on Coach Bowles first, man. I think he, uh, like more than anything, he's a father figure, you know. Uh, man, he always been there for me. You know, uh, a lot of people know his wife from Louisiana, so I get invited and I get a lot of meals from their house and stuff, you know. And, uh, man, just obviously just having an open-door policy. You know, I go up there and watch a lot of film with him, just try to correct myself and, you know, own in to my mistakes and get better, you know. And I think that's the thing about him. You know, he's always willing to help somebody grow. And just Larry Foote, man, I think he, he's just too smart. You know, it's, it's hard to keep up with him, you know. He always trying to teach different techniques and, you know, kind of just put you in that mode where you could be even faster, even smarter. And so, it's, man, I'm taking everything in and just, you know, just trying to be basically a sponge with those guys because at the end of the day, I might not have them forever, but while I got them, I'm trying to take advantage of it. Yeah, that's um, that's good stuff. And he just, man, he just seemed like such a, a, a humble guy. I want, I want to get to some of the uh, the comments here and questions. Um this one from Bucks, Rays, and Bolts. Do we trade him for the deadline if he's not doing good, JP? Um, yeah. Yeah, you do. You know, it, it depends on how it goes. If you, if he's saying, look, I, I'm, I'm out of here. If, if you don't give me a new contract, I'm out of here. I'm, you you got to see what how he's playing. Is he doing what you're asking him to do? Is he improving his game? If the Bucks just go and, and pay him $20 million a year, and again, I'm on record as saying, I don't think you pay inside linebackers, off-ball linebackers, $20 million a year. There are way more important places to spend that money in a salary cap system, especially when you've drafted a guy in Servassier Dennis that you you know, you know need him to take Levante's place. I get it. But you know, do you want to make that expenditure if he doesn't improve his game? It would be the, it would no. it would be the again regardless of what he does I just think it'd be the one of the worst contracts in the NFL for yeah. twenty million for an off ball linebacker and also there's I mean there's other things I mean if the Bucks are what if the Bucks are like two and five by the time we get to the deadline you know are they open for business I mean I know trade deadline has kind of turned into a bigger event around the NFL but for a long time it was harder to make trades does that cause teams to pause a little bit where's his value right. at we don't know. So just a lot of questions to be answered. But Devin's got to control what he can control. And, and that's, that's becoming a complete linebacker like he said yesterday. 
Yeah. To answer your question, if I'm Jason Light, unless I see the improvement I need to see from Devin, then no, I don't. I would trade him at the deadline. But you know, if, if the Bucks are, you know, seven and two, I'm not sure when the deadline is. No, I'm not trading them. If the Bucks are two and seven, and you know he's not playing the way we want him to play, yes, I trade him absolutely. If I if I can get a two and a five for him instead of nothing, yeah, I trade him absolutely. Um, you know, and that's so it's up to him. If he's kicking ass and the team's winning, then you keep him, and he gets a, he gets a big deal, although not as big as he wants. All right, let's uh, welcome in our good friend Dan Lucas from News Channel 8, my longtime colleague and uh, co-conspirator at the Rondé Barber party uh, <laughs> after the induction. Uh, perhaps may, may be drinking as much of the, uh, the the spiced rum, their proprietary spiced rum at the Still House, but I doubt it. How are you, my brother? I'm not, sh- I'm not sure how many details I, I want to let out from the uh, – uh, shindig the other night, but I know this. When I wanted to know where the cigars and bourbon were, I asked you. Uh, out of and, 400 people. Yeah. And I, I, tell you, I knew exactly where it was because I, I, yes, and the cigars were good and the bourbon was fantastic. It was, yeah, that was that was one hell of a setup. What, what, so what do you think the Glazers dropped on that party? So CeeLo Green, um, we were Russ, trying to do the math. We're Russ, thinking the other rapper. just between Russ and CeeLo Green, that, that had to be over 300. Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know about 300. So you put, I could, I'll, CeeLo ain't getting out of bed for less than 100, 150. I agree. And then, you got, then the guy brings five horns on stage, two percussion, backup singer. Was it five? I thought it was guy. 20. sounded like 20. <laughs> that was a fat horn section, bro. It was. those those. I said to you, I was right next to you when they took the stage, and I said, when five horns get on stage, I know I'm in the right place. <laughs> they were so good. They I didn't know he was. And then he did a couple of James Brown songs. And I'm a huge James Brown fan. I'm like, dude, you guys crush it. I was, you know, I was chatting with CeeLo after and he said, you want fucking white boy, by the way. I said, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> he definitely, when he started playing his uh, Gnarls Barkley. Uh, oh, my God. That, that, that got us old timers uh, moving so a little good. bit. Put so a little life into us. So, Rondé, Rondé enjoyed it. Think, Nick would have to Google half the songs when he was if yeah, he were would. there. Yeah, I only know yeah, the exactly. uh, I only know one CeeLo Green song, Dan. I know one, and it's the one. That, <laughs> I think it's the one that everybody knows. I think it's the one that everybody knows. <laughs> he he, sing, he sings exactly. it to me every day. Right. Yeah. Damn right I do. Oh, Damn right man. I do. Good time. What a good time. A lot, a lot of people there, and uh, you know, in the in the NFL world, I was kind of an A lister. Uh, crowd and, and a lot of people, some NBC guys were there. It was nice to catch up with uh, Chris Sims. Yeah, and Jason Garrett was there. Yeah, I uh, chatted just briefly with him. I, I one of my favorite conversations of the night was was uh, talking music with Jason Light. That was my that yeah. good thing. And so we were we discussed uh, Def Leppard, Metallica. Yeah, he's a big metalhead. Yeah, yeah, his ACDC. So uh, we had the we had a, a little connection there. It was nice, really nice. We, but they had the bust. I'm sure you've discussed this, but the yeah. bust was in the center of the room right when you walk in. Uh, I thought it was fabulous, and you know you get to stand right next to it and look at it. I'm like, damn, this thing really looks like Rondé. You sometimes think? They're, sometimes they're a tad off. I thought I thought it looked great. It was I, the I, it was the the eyes and the beard that did it for me. I think it was better than most. I'll give you a Gary Coke on that one. It was better than most. But as I walked through the the the, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame with my son. I don't think any of them look like the guys. I, I mean, I just think it's hard to do. I, I think it's really yeah, hard it to do. And I just, I just, some of them, I'm like, is that really OJ Simpson? 
and, and just seeing him still in the Hall of Fame is just a little jarring. My son was like, Dad, O.J. Simpson's in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, he's in a couple of Hall of Fames. He's in so more than the Hall of Fame than the yeah, Murder exactly. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, Getting away with Murder Hall of Fame, man. We sat down with Ronde a few months ago. Um, he described the process with uh, Blair Buswell, the sculptor. He's done this for more than 30 years. Um, and he said they had a couple of sessions, about four hours each. He, he went out to his shop out in Utah, and they just stood there and chatted. And Blair had this clay head on a uh, pedestal. And he said, Ronde said, yeah, we'd talk about whatever. He'd grab some clay, clump it on there, shape it out. Talk, we talked some more, and about two hours later, I looked at him. I'm like, "Damn, that looks like me." It's unbelievable <laughs> how this guy works. He's got the he's got, he's got these little scraper things and all that. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, can you imagine how hard it was to do Troy Palomalu with oh, the hair? Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> it's that's a lot. Impossible. It's yeah, a lot exactly. It's a lot of bust. Exactly. Yeah. So good. To, what a what a night. Though. Really nice to to see everybody and catch up and. And uh, some of the guys we see a lot, and some people we haven't seen in a long time, and and uh, it was just nice. And everybody was there for so. I, I it was I haven't seen that much love in a room. It was just you know, poor Ronde, man. He was hugged out and selfied out by the end of the night. Oh my God! Yeah, I know. I, I <laughs> guilty, guilty. Um, did exactly. You see, uh, Chris Berman was there. I, I passed on yes. chatting with him. I'm not not a, not a big. He was uh, he was in his world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I opted not to as well, but. Uh, um, you could you could walk past three or four people at any time. I even chatted with Brian Glazer. Yeah, uh, I chatted with Brian for a long oh, time. Yeah. He, he was like right in front of me for the CeeLo Green, like he and his wife yeah. were right there. And I was he was he was one of the movers. Like he was actually you know there's as you know at some of these concerts <laughs> I look around I'm like like I'm moving I'm dancing I'm just I'm a dancer. Right, right, right. You know me. But I look at somebody's being like how do you stand how can you stand like a statue. Watching CeeLo Green and listening to that music, like I, like you'd have to put me in a straitjacket. I couldn't. I was no way. I'm not going to move. And there were people that were just standing there, but Brian was not one of them. He was. He 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 was moving. The beats going. The horns are going. CeeLo's yeah. doing his thing. And here's part of his act. All right, he works with it. He he knows yeah. what he's got, and he's. He's up there jiggling and wiggling, and he's like, There's a lot of what? jiggle going on. I, I'm, I'm owning it. I'm owning it. I'm not ashamed. This is part of my deal. You know, uh, one of our uh, uh, from our Buccaneers broadcast, uh, preseason broadcast, uh, James Petrook, a great guy, yeah. uh, who works up in the booth with Chris and Rondé, said, CeeLo was on my flight going yeah. up to, uh, Ak- to Akron. Yeah. And I, I said, hey, CeeLo, nice to see you. I'm going to the party Saturday. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, see you up there, bud. And he goes, so we get to the airport, and they bring a wheelchair down the uh, jetway, and it's for CeeLo. Yeah. He, he, like, rolls out on a wheelchair, and I'm like, damn, he doesn't need a wheelchair tonight on stage. No. <laughs> no. He must have got an epidural or something, because my, <laughs> my man was shaking it. He was shaking he was, it. And, yes, uh, he was. He was And sweating it, too. Sure. It, was, it, was, it was fantastic. And the speeches – were amazing. What did you think of Ronde's speech? Which one? The real one or the or the party one? The party one was good, too. Yeah, that was very colorful. That was good. He, he told a great Warren Sapp story about spilling water on him as a rookie. Yeah. And Sapp said what the consequences were going to be. And uh, But in, in, in the, at the Hall of Fame, the, the speech was, was great. I, 
kind of had a hint at some of the talking points. Um, he said that he wanted to get Tiki into the conversation. He didn't want to blatantly go out there and lobby. But he said, all I want to do is bring up his name in the conversation sense. And I think he accomplished that with the, the well. stats, the, the uh, career stats. Got two jabs in a Tiki, which mm-hmm. I've been around them a couple of times now. And it is uncanny the way they are. They finish each other's sentences like twins. And the one has to one-up the other at all times. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They could be pouring a drink and they have to one-up yeah. each other. But yeah. he got the jab in about the bus, now looking like Tiki. And then he was going through his stats. Which is, you know, pro, pro Bulls and all pro. Which, by the way, I have, I have more than Tiki. So that was terrific. And uh, so Tiki got a good laugh for that one. And, um, we talked at, at uh, the stadium there in Canton. We talked to Claudia uh, and also his mom, Geraldine, right after oh, right after the awesome. ceremony. Uh, Claudia was – she had to gather herself to talk to us. And she was great. She, I, so I asked her the first question. I just said, how proud are you? right now and she like clung to me basically holding herself up uh yeah. she was you know shaking she she was in an out-of-body experience and, and uh, that's the that's when it hits you you see you know you hear these hall of fame speeches and sometimes you don't know the guys yeah. very well they're thanking people but uh you saw the love on the stage from ronde and then talking to claudia after you saw what it meant uh, to the family and, and uh, to, to achieve that and his occupation. Uh, it's the highest of the high. Um, what a day. And I've been to three of those, yeah. uh, and I really loved the Derek Brooks one, but this one topped it by far. And I told Rondé at the party Saturday, he, he, he asked me what I thought, and I said, you know, I got kind of emotional when you put the jacket on Friday night because yeah. we were at the gold jacket ceremony. You know, when you did the bust with Tiki and you gave the speech, I thought, this is cool. This is very cool. Uh, but Friday night when Tomlin put the jacket on him, there was a, there was a half second where Rondé didn't know what to do. And I've never seen Rondé not know what to do. Right. And that's because it, you know how when something that you want so bad hits you and he's got the jacket on his shoulders and he kind of locked up for a half second there. That's when it got me, uh, that 16 years of playing, four years in college, all the high school, all the yeah. dabbling in other sports, and deciding that, you know what, as his theme was, you know what, I want to do this and I want to be uncommon. In a half a second, he put the jacket on and hit him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, was, that, was, that was something that cool. still kind of still gets into me there. And uh, then he you know, was waving to the crowd. And after that, you just I couldn't. I couldn't stop smiling. I was so happy for the guy. You, you know, you mentioned Claudia, and um, I, I don't want to, like, just pass over that. I can't and, – and, and people will say, oh, yeah, it's got to be really hard to be the wife of a rich NFL uh, guy. It is. It is. I'm here to tell you it is. It's really hard. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of demands on you. There's a lot of people that are judging you everywhere you go. Um, you know, if – there's so many things that you need that Rondé needs support on the, the you know, the just yeah. getting back with people like this thing, the Hall of Fame thing is it, 421 people for the party. I mean, getting, you know, choosing everybody and who comes and who doesn't and, and getting them there yeah. and, 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 and like family and friends and tickets and requests and every, it's insane. And you got to say no to a lot of people. You got to say, yeah, and it's just, 
it's hard. It's it's ridiculously hard. And at the same time, you have to keep. I mean, you have a hard enough. To, we all have hard enough time with our relationships without all this excess pressure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. He's not one of them. I get it. But money's not the only pressure in the world, right? It's there's well, a lot of stuff that that got swirling around, and she handles it with incredible grace and temperament. And I I, I say hats off. And when you can keep your marriage together through all of that, it's it is it is a that's a Hall of Fame moment as well, in my opinion. Well, she's. She's a Hall of Fame wife and yeah, and, uh, and and a Hall of Fame human being. I'll just go right to Saturday and say there were a couple of times. I Once when I was talking to Rhonda and Tiki was right next to me, and she, in the middle of all the, the, the glad-handing and the, and, the, and the stories, she was able to tap him on the shoulder and say, look, you need to go over here. Right. I mean, she, she made sure. I would imagine that it wasn't just the A-listers that she made sure he thanked. I imagine she made him keep moving through the room. I would hope that every single person that attended that party shook his hand, and I bet they did. Yeah. And Claudia was a big reason for that. And throughout the process, I know the Buccaneers helped a little bit, and, and I'm sure some of the cost was defrayed by that, but... Um, I heard the Glazers a, fitted a lot, footed a lot of that yeah, bill. Well, they they went all out for it, you know. They sure did, uh, as, we, as we as we as we've described. But uh, Claudia was was really really running the show for him. And remember, she's doing this. She's just as emotional. Yeah, and uh, she she had the daughter, but the daughter. Oh yeah! By the way, raising two daughters at the same time. Amazing daughters, by the way. Amazing to, daughters. You, you go back to his playing career, and. In, as he described it to us, in a span of two years, he had uh, he starts playing full time in the NFL. He gets married. He has his first daughter. He wins a Super Bowl and has a second daughter, and then has a free agency contract come up. His first uh, bout of free agency, all in a span of two years. And he told us that that John Lynch uh, said to him one day, "Dude, when you get married and have kids, that first year, that's usually your worst year in the league. Yeah. For Rondé, that was, that was 2001. He had 10 interceptions right. in 2001. <laughs> so he's like, oh, it was the opposite. It was the best year of my yeah. career. And you got to remember, that, he, studied, he studied tape. I used to go over his house and study tape. You know, he's got kids, and, and Claudia's taking care of all that. While he studies tape for every single night, he, can, he comes to the practice all day, at the facility all day, and then comes home at night and says, hey, honey, i got to go watch tape. You know, and that's where things could get, you know, a little bit, if, you know, what about me? Yeah, what about my time? You know, and yeah, there's no, there was not that resentment, you know, no. for what he was doing. I, I think, you know, Claudia's perspective, and I've never sat down with her to ask that part, but, but uh, her perspective was this guy has got to, he's in an, an industry that is purely performance-based. Right. And if you are not 100%, if you're not on your A-game, you are out of work. And so she got that. And I can't imagine, you know, we, we talked about Rondé's longevity and, and never missing a game and that sort of thing. How many times did that guy come home at night just mm. feeling like crap, yep. nursing whatever, sore ankle, sore shoulder, and she had to get his ass out of bed the next day and to work. Mm -hmm. There's a lot hanging over her. He always yeah. said that, 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 especially when it was in season, uh, that there weren't many times she would just hand the kids to him. Uh, she gave him his space. She did a lot of the work with the kids. And we're, you know, from, yeah. from the diaper change to dealing with, you know, school drop-offs and that type of thing, you know, as the years went by. But what a woman. I mean, this is, 
as big for her and all of the families um, as much as it is for the Hall of Famer. And I'll say this, on my flight up, I sat next to uh, Zach Thomas's father, and I had no idea who he was. They were, they had, he was separated from his wife because they had a, an issue with the seats, and we were trying to move seats around and uh, to get them to sit together. And finally, she decided, just leave it the way it is. Everybody's settled. And I looked at this guy, and I said, I said, what did you do to piss her off? And he started <laughs> laughing. And then, uh, and then he, and then he asked me what I, where I was going up for, and that's how the conversation started. And, oh, and uh, so I'm talking to Zach Thomas's dad on the flight up. I said, "Dude, I covered your son one game in college." And he goes, "What?" I said, "Yeah, I go, I go Texas Tech played a game at Penn State in the mid '90s." And he goes, "And and so it, it jarred him." He goes. Remembered exactly what he ate the night before the game at a restaurant in State College. I'm like, dude, I go, how do you people do this? You parents and, and oh athletes, how do you recall God. this information? I couldn't what remember Kurt Warner's name five minutes ago. Um, exactly. All right. So, all right, we got – we just gushed on Rondé and the family. You know what? They deserve you know, it. I, you, I, you and I, I have, have spent a lot of time with them, and th- that's what you get. Your rundowns. I don't care about your rundowns. <laughs> Scratching stuff out right now. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's over there in the studio without AC, sweating his ass off, going, can we talk about some football for God's sakes? He's oh, my God. Uh, so, so you got a, you got a little broadcast coming up Friday night, News Channel 8. Um, you guys are doing the game, right? It's not a national game, right? You guys got yeah, – We got all three this year. And Rondé's doing good. the game, by the way. You know, get, get back you to work. Get back to work. Get back to work. So I'm sure there will be a, a little yeah. bit of coverage of the run. Rondé Hall of Fame mixed into the game a little bit, maybe just a smidge. Will we even see the game? We're going to do some recapping, let's say that, and uh, some moments from the weekend. Also, some of the things we talked about, you know, when we had our big sit-down with him earlier this summer. And then next week uh, at MetLife, we're planning to bring Tiki in to the booth with him. So that's going to be That'll be really cool when those guys get together. You'll you'll hear everything if you've ever heard Rondé and Tiki together. For people that haven't, uh, it is just I just like to sit back and let them go. They're awesome and uh, listen to them. They're great. They're yeah. awesome. They literally fight <laughs> sure. like little boys. They fight like little yes, boys. Yes, they do. Grown men. <laughs> it's grown ass men. It's so funny. It's right. so funny. But other than that, how are you guys um, handling the Trask Mayfield? Um, I mean, this is. Honestly, from a media standpoint, what better than a quarterback battle, right? And this is a this is a true battle. I said this on the show yesterday. You know, day one, I show up at camp. Mayfield competes at Pat. Everybody's like, Baker, woo, Baker, yeah, you're going to crush it. QB1. A week and a half later, Kyle, Kyle Trask completes the pass. They go crazy. Kyle Trask, QB1, baby, QB1. I'm like, you fickle mofos. Yeah, exactly. But that's what it is. This is this is for real. Well, I, I you know Baker said, we all know now. Everybody's counting the interceptions that he's thrown in camp, right? So read into that however you like. Baker, last time he spoke to us, said, you know, you're running around in camp. You're you're not necessarily trying new things, but you're working within the offense to see right. what what the limits are. Now, for me, uh, and I've only seen a, a handful of these interceptions, not all of them. If the interception is because of his technique, then that's a concern. Right. But if the sometimes the interception is because the guy running the route is, is off, um, 
So I don't, I, I can't judge that until I see the game. So if he comes out here Friday and throws two picks, that's concerning. Right. Exactly. And then you now have the the coaching staff not only continuing to praise Kyle Trask, but saying that he stepped up, and those around him are saying the same thing. Uh, it does kind of create a little bit of drama going into the first game. And I believe it was Mike Evans. Didn't he compliment how uh, Trask has handled himself? Yeah. And yeah. that he likes to look back and see that tall uh, quarterback. Uh, that kind of raised, raised my eyebrow a little bit there. I'm thinking, well, wow, yeah. could, could he actually be favoring Trask? It's you know it's dramatic. Um, if you've ever played receiver in, in a game, um, which I you know not not an NFL football game, but I've played and I've also quarterbacked. And I, last year was dramatic for me because watching Tua right uh, Tua go against the Bucks defense, and I was for, I was sitting from the end zone view. They were coming at me, and he would drop back to pass, and all you could see was just like the tip of his helmet. That's all you could see, right. and then you'd lose that as he dropped back to pass. <laughs> If you're if Waddle was running a route or Ty Hill, they're running a route. The ball it's just a pocket, and all of a sudden the ball just appears out of the pocket. It just right. appears. You don't <laughs> you don't see a wind up normally. You just unless there's a passing lane, um, you just don't see the wind up. You don't know when he's about to deliver it. It just kind of appears out of a out of a group. And with with Brady, you see you see his the top of his torso. You see him setting the ball. You see him winding up. Now, it works both ways in terms of defensive backs as well, but as a receiver, you want to see that. You want to be able to pick up the quarterback and so you can adjust to the football as early as possible. So it's a thing. It's just there's no doubt it's a thing. And if you think about it, too, in Mike's career, the only quarterbacks that have thrown him passes have been, what, Josh McCown, Mike Glennon, Jameis Winston, Tom Brady. Like, all those guys yeah, are, what, 6'5 right. and above? Like, the yeah. last time he, had to, he, had, he caught passes from a quarterback that was, like, Baker's size was – what, 12 years ago in college you got to yeah, go back yeah, to? And yeah. obviously he performed well then, but it doesn't shock me at all that Mike likes to see a big guy there behind him. Well, the other adjustment Mike's going to have to make this year is it appears this offense uh, is going to be moving the, the pocket at the very least yeah. and give the, the uh, quarterbacks the opportunity to, to go uh, horizontal, as they say. Um, and that will cause all the receivers to adjust as well. That's something different for Mike. That said... Uh, in the 7-on-7s seven and the 11-on-11s, Evans is absolutely shredding. And he's having success in this offense. I would have to imagine that's from both quarterbacks. I think he's flourishing in the offense. And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing when the season gets going, is seeing Evans be the priority. I, I just felt like last year, I, I don't know why, I don't know why, but last year Evans just, he still got his 1,000 yards, but he just yeah. seemed to, to, to be almost a non a non entity in some games, not and I don't know if that was his fault. No, is the play calling the offense is just dysfunctional and a disaster. And I always wondered this because you know he always got doubled. Is like move him around. Why don't you move him in the slot? Why don't you move him? Get him in in motion. It's much harder to double a guy, and that's what Dave Canales is doing, and he loves it. And, and as Mike has famously said, I've never been this effing open in my life. And I just, he's, I think, you know, fantasy players, alert. He's going to have a huge year. I think Mike Evans Chris, is going to get 12 to 15 targets a game. Yeah. Chris Godwin on the other side, on the outside, Same. is going to be, he's going to open that. It's going to open for both, really. Yeah. Now, I, well, I think it's just ingenious putting Godwin out there. It was, started, they started it because they wanted to protect him a little bit from the abuse he's been taking. 
right. uh, with, with the, those inside routes and obviously a devastating knee injury from it. But now you're opening it up for him as well. So you're just get, you're just making options for the quarterback. And maybe the whole Mayfield thing is he has to move out left or right to see yeah. to see what's going on out down the field. But I mean, it's not like Baker Mayfield, you know, can't play this game. We've seen. Oh, no, he's done it. Uh, yeah, he's got to do it before. I, I just sometimes. Yeah. What's gotten in his way is Baker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you just keep this guy focused and centered and focused on the big picture, um, that that would give him a chance for success. Then the challenge, let's say the Bucks are successful with it. The challenge now is for him to remain, to sustain that, maintain that, and not become Baker of previous years that just started to self-destruct. You know, no, now I can make this throw. Now I can make that throw. Oh, now I can just function within what they're asking you and i think they could i think they could be more successful than people are, are uh, predicting yeah we don't want the baker the interception maker we want the touchdown maker. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. all right um all right Dano, we will see you friday night on the sidelines pregame starts at what seven o'clock am i correct uh game at seven so this is the one early one okay uh, seven o'clock game so six thirty pregame and then uh leading up to kickoff chris and ronde upstairs let's do a little nod to the weather gods I don't like the monsoons yeah. in August. I, uh, those, those are no fun. No. So, Lightning delays are not part of the broadcast. Right, exactly, exactly. So uh, it will be fun. Football's back, and uh, yes. this is the first time in, first time in years uh, that we've got some legitimate questions in many areas, and I think makes the preseason a little more relevant than normal. So it's going to be fun to watch. Hey, before you go, I'll leave you with this. We had a listener who was busting your chops a little bit over here in the uh, in the comment <laughs> section. I had to read this. It's not yeah. nice. It's not nice, but Do I'm going to read it Bring anyway. It. He said, good stories, Dan, but next time you call into the show and in the name of all that's holy, please don't call from your Motel 6 bed. That headboard is killing me. <laughs> I had to go that's to the back fine, office That's a fine today. oak uh, headboard it looks like right there to me. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, he's talking about. Is, uh, I, listen, you go to rooms to go. Get one of these. I don't make payments till 2050. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah, that, see, that's 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 fiscal responsibility right there from the great Dan Lucas, News Channel Eight. All right, thank you, my friend. Good stuff. All right, I guess we should hit a break here. Um, the Jeeves Law Group was the main sponsor of this tremendously mediocre program. Uh, JeevesLawGroup.com, J-E-E-V-E-S LawGroup.com. Get that personal attention you so richly deserve. Uh, they are the uh, the best law group out there. They will they will fight for you vigorously and get you a great settlement. And they will call you back, which is a big deal, folks. They are big enough to compete with the big boys, but small enough to give you the personal attention that you deserve. Local folks, uh, they do great things in the community here. They sponsor the streetcar, the Bayshore Walk, all the great things in your community that you love. Um, so give it up for the G's Law Group. If you need any legal advice, they are the folks to go to. All right, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into some Kyle Trask audio. we got some college football to talk about, conference realignment, and on-the-field stuff, and a lot more. Stay with us. Hey, guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? 
It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. 
I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. only just begun. Back to the JP Peterson Show. We thank you uh, very much for our sponsors who allow us to go commercial free for the entire first hour. So we'll give them lots of love here in the second hour, please. BAMMC.com, Bay Area Modern Medical Center. If you have your testosterone levels checked, you'll probably find out that they're not where they should be, and it is not a frivolous thing. Don't go to a one-size-fits-all clinic. Go to 
Bay Area Modern Medical Center, where they will do everything individually and get you a plan that works just for you, where they'll monitor it just for you. That's the right way to do it safely. And it will, will uh, just be a complete game changer in your life, guys. Almost everyone out there needs it because of the pollution and our food supply um, that has basically depleted our testosterone, guys. So go get it checked and then get it right at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. It is absolutely essential to your overall health. So please, please, please get her done. It'll make you feel better, make you perform better, make you do everything better. It's um, where it should be. And uh, Italiano Insurance, great folks, saved me a thousand bucks on my auto insurance the other day. Great customer service. Golden Diamond Source, if you're getting married, getting uh, going to pop the question, no other place to go. Come on. Also, if you got any flatware around, anything silver or gold, bring it in. They'll pay you top price right now. That's a big thing they got going on over there. Extravaganza Productions, our great folks over there, uh, Dolly and Paul Thomason. Uh, if you got an event coming up, large or small, Go have a free creative session with them. It'll be fun. They'll show you the warehouse, all the different props they have, the crazy stuff they got in there that you see at all the big parties, uh, and they'll find out what they can do for you. Uh, so go to extravaganzaproductions.com and reach them. And American Mortgage Services, my good friend Scott Fitzgerald, he is ready and waiting for your call. Refi, new house. He has all these creative things he can do to keep those rates low and get you in that new house that you so desperately need. So don't go to the big banks. Go to the guy who's done three of my mortgage, thousands of mortgages locally, works for a lot of uh, athletes and coaches, uh, big loans, small loans, does it all. Scott at AMS Tampa, Scott at AMS Tampa.com. Thanks to all our amazing sponsors. Hey, we had a couple uh, camp updates, if you like them, for today. It just wrapped up. Sounds like because everybody. Five picks today, huh? I was gonna say I'm going right to that because everybody's talking about the interceptions and we've making a big stink about Bakers and all that. And it looks like yeah. Kyle threw three today, including, including one to end practice. Uh, Devin they White. They must throw scenarios. I think uh, we were told. Right. I had the fourth in whatever you got to throw it. Right. And the, but the big play of the day though came from Kyle Trask. He connected, and this has been something they've struggled with. He connected on a, a 50 yard touchdown pass down the field to to Mike Evans who I guess completely just turned a rookie corner around and got open wide down the field, and Kyle Trask connected with him, and that popped the crowd. So that was the big play today. So for those of you who are charting the interceptions, there you go. It looked like Baker threw, right, Baker threw two, so what is it, 9 to 4? Nine to four? We're nine I thought we start talking about the guys getting the picks. Jamel right? Dean got a pick today. Jamel um, Dean got a pick. A couple rookies have gotten both. Uh, the first two that Trask threw were Savassier Dennis and uh, the rookie corner whose name escapes my mind right now. So, yeah, the rookies seem to be showing out, too, and the defense. Josh Hayes? Was it Josh Hayes? Uh, it was the other. It was the undrafted kid. It started with an I, I believe. Isaac, I Izzian. think. Izzian. Izzian, Izzian, Izzian yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's been, he's been playing great in camp. It's, they this, this, you know, you never know until they play other people. But, you know, I, there's a lot of optimism about the undrafted free agents, like Izzian, um, like uh, Sean Tucker, like uh, and, and even the lower – Drafted guys, Josh Hayes in the sixth round looks like a steal. Um, uh, it's, it's just all these guys could really, really contribute this year. And that's, you know, I've said this many times, this season is not about winning the Super Bowl. This is about building blocks for the future. How many are we going to find? Uh, is Kalijah Kansi going to be that guy? Um, is, is Cody Mark going to be that guy? Is Yaya Diaby going to be? All these guys, you know, when you hit on third rounders, hello, Rondé Barber. This is what helps you build a championship team. I think Travis Kelsey was a fifth-rounder, right? Mm -hmm. um, when you hit on these guys and you get foundational pro bowlers for the future, 
that and they keep their salaries are low the first four or five years. That's how you build a championship team. So as much as we, you know, the Godwins and the Evans, these are givens. Levante's a given. Levante's not going to be here when we win another Super Bowl, you know, but he is a foundational piece that will be teaching Servassier Dennis how to be that guy. So Servassier. Servassier. Who's actually speaking? Oh. Who's actually speaking right now on the podium? Maybe we'll have that sound later. But oh, your boy Servassier. Let's get into a couple other things, shall we? Um, how about the college football preseason poll? You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we can get into these uh, these completely meaningless polls that we we all love to overreact to. Sure. Yeah, I mean, who was it? Uh, let's go back to last year's top ten. Where was Miami? Like seven or some some ridiculous thing? Um, crazy. Well, I know this. FSU was number eight. I'm looking for the actual numbers right here. Um, of course, why would they be on the front page of, of I got ESPN? it. I got it pulled up here on my right. end. But, right. I mean, yeah, you have the typicals up front. Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU 5, USC 6, Penn State 7, Florida State 8, right in front of Clemson at 9, and Tennessee 10, which mm-hmm. wraps out that portion. So not many big surprises in there, I guess. It, it's funny how everybody's been talking about, though, oh, LSU's the front runner in the SEC West, and then when it comes to actually putting this on a poll – I don't think anybody was wise enough to put that because when you do this to Nick Saban, you know what happens. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. There is no program around this country that takes this stuff to heart more than the Alabama football program and Nick Saban. And everybody's yes. talking about what, who's their who's their quarterback going to be and is it going it's going to be a drop off from Bryce Young. I don't know who the quarterback is going to be, but I bet you by ha- midway through the season we're going to be talking about a Heisman because that's just what Alabama does. And I ain't picking LSU over them. I don't care if they beat them last year. I'm not going against Nick Saban. Ain't happening. No, don't do it. They, they got quarterback issues. They got quarterback issues. They'll figure it out. Um, Same thing with Georgia. Everybody, we'll everybody's like, this Carson Beck, is he going to be the real deal? I, I promise you these schools will figure it out. I promise you they'll figure it out. Listen, Stetson Bennett made plays. Ain't no doubt about it. But. There was a lot of quarterbacks that could win a national championship with that team. <laughs> Those guys. I mean, how many people have they put in the NFL in the last two, three years? I mean, it's just the talent level at Georgia right now is ridiculous. I was reading a story about NFL scouts, you know, going to Athens. It's like it's like a cottage industry now. I mean, it's half the Athens income comes from NFL scouts visiting, <laughs> visiting football. Uh, it's just ridiculous. I'm looking at ESPN's page. And I just got to laugh. The stories, you know. Fire breathers only. The story of UAB's big gamble on Trent Dilfer. Big gamble on Trent Dilfer. The guy you fired? Why? Why'd you fire him? That's interesting. Greg, best best analyst you had. Here's another one. Is Florida State trying to create chaos? ACC insiders react to Seminoles' comments. Oh, who gets hurt if if the if the Noles leave the ACC? ESPN. Because they got that ridiculous contract that they're they're hoping to make gazillions of dollars off because of the stupid right. ass ACC people that signed away their grant of rights till twenty thirty six. Got news for you, FSU ain't playing that game. Yeah, and here's ESPN attacking them for it. And Those, and, and, and by the way, by the way, if you're paying attention to the latest news today, I oh. I uh, about what's going on with the ACC and how they're trying to bring in what Stanford and Cal, I guess. Like, another another reason why FSU is like really the, what yeah. is this yeah if this Good is luck. their if this is their Good last luck. ditch attempt to convince FSU and some of the other big players to stay I don't see how besides academically which does really doesn't matter that much in this situation Nobody how in cares. how in the world does Stanford and Cal 
necessarily make a difference here. Because the people that make these decisions, these elitists at the top of the academic food chain can all get together and talk about what great universities and how great we are academically and how we've exploited these athletes for so long and we've made money off of it. Oh, 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 were we supposed to say that out loud? Nope, we should have said that out loud. Um, I mean, just hypocrites to the end. It, it really it is. It's it, just it's ridiculous. It's funny, though. And, and, they, and all the people, and here's a little insider for you. Since day one at the ACC, the people at North Carolina and Wake Forest, and, and, and they've all looked down their nose at Florida State because of the academics. In fact, they didn't even want them in the – there were a lot of people that didn't want them in the ACC because of their academics. And I, I was just – I mean, and there are people that are actually like ESPN saying, oh, Florida State's creating chaos by leaving the – Shut. They have the no. F they have. Up. They have no this is options. About money for you and you keeping the money instead of Florida State exercising their brand and getting the hell out of a conference that is imploding. And by the way, never gave a rip about. Yeah, football. and then that kind of Didn't funny. Isn't 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 it kind of funny too? Like when you hear anybody on ESPN or FS1 for that matter, that's hype. That that might be pushing back on what's going on in college football, and it's like. It doesn't. It kind of. It seems almost ironic coming out of the mouths of people that yes. work for those networks, because the people yes. that are that are you're paying your bills are the ones who are creating this and are loving it. And I and I also and I can't stand. But the ones who defend it though, and I was listening. It's funny you were bringing up Colin Coward and something you heard. I was listening to him yesterday, and he was talking about college football realignment. And I'm just shaking my head the entire time watching the TV. I almost had to turn it off because yeah. he he just. He, he, he just making fun of all the people who are who are you know, oh traditions. Who cares? The game's fine. This and that. And it's like those are the the people that just think that way, man. I I just question if you've ever loved college football. If you ever no. lo truly loved it in no. the first place. And I, the way predict, and the way he the, the the way he disregarded the rivalries. He's like, yeah, you can still have your little apple cup and your little this. And Florida and Florida State will play each other every year. Like he just it's like diminishing it. It's like those are the things that college football has always been founded upon. That dude is such an elitist sellout. It's not even funny. He's totally changed this perspective. Oh, he, uh, last so week, last week, he moved I moved to the left coast. He's, he is a complete inauthentic. I used to love Colin Coward. I love that guy. I listen to him every day. He is unlistenable. He is he, he contradicts so much, so many of the philosophies he used to have. I, I meant to say He's this. Such an elitist. A hole. Last, I, can't, I just can't take it. Last anymore. week, I Sorry. forgot. I forgot about this one. Last week, I didn't even tell you. He was already running, theorizing his. Uh, you know, the Bucks are going to get Caleb Williams, and he's like, and they're going to make a call to Lincoln Riley, and and Lincoln Riley's going to be the the Bucks front runner for the head coach. Like he's already trying to just plant that seed right there. That well, I'm, shocked, Riley I'm and, shocked that he would even consider Lincoln Riley leaving the 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 wonderful paradise that is Southern California, the greatest place on earth to live. Uh, and 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 go to slowly dysfunctional Tampa. He's actually postulating that. Oh my God! He's always said Tampa's dysfunctional. Blah blah blah. And then his you know his boy Tom Brady goes and wins a Super Bowl. Oh, what does he, yeah, he call it? He said loose. Tampa's loose. Yeah. Very yeah. loose. He, never, he said. And he never. He never. He never. You know. Oh, what does Tom that Brady's mean? Going to Tampa Bay. What does he that would mean? Never do that. That's that's a joke. Oh really? I, I, guess, I just again. want to know what the definition is of loose because I'm like when I think of loose like Southern California. That seems loose and, to and me. And the best part about it is he based it on when he was here. 30 years ago. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we haven't progressed at all. You know, we're just, yeah, we're just a bunch of yahoos from the 50s. 
Yeah, that's that's who we are. That's a, that's a great accurate yeah. representation again, of Tampa Bay. Again, and it's not it's not just him. It's everybody. If you listen, I I I, I turn up the TV sometimes. I have it usually on the background, and when they start talking about the Bucks, I kind of turn it up just to see what they said. And like you know, he thinks that Baker ought to retire if he can't beat out Kyle Trask in the quarterback competition. Like you know, he's always had his vendetta against Baker. Uh, you had Stephen A. yesterday at the IMG Academy. What do you think about the Buccaneers? Well, I don't think anything about them actually. I don't think much about them at all. And like so, again, Stephen A. Smith at the uh, oh, yeah. the IMG Academy thing that he's involved with. So again, don't get again. And I don't really think I have to say this, but I'll say it again. Please do not get your information on the Buccaneers from those who are not in the circles. Well, I just don't. look at you know you know I love my man Sal Pal. He's the best. Um, and Congrats to him getting a, another contract. They 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 have some great people over there, but the higher ups have trashed that network, man. They have they have turned it into just well. Look at and that's why they're hemorrhaging money. Look at and what we're doing. Look at we're doing with these shows. We're firing great people on both sides. How many big free agents are out there that could use you know a job or something like that because of what ESPN did? And yeah. I look over at FS1 and there's the report yesterday that Richard Sherman is going to be the new co-host majority of the time with Skip Bayless. And I understand they had that run in 10 years ago. It's going to create great TV. And I like Richard Sherman. Nothing against him. But then you see that, oh, Lil Wayne's going to do the show with Skip Bayless on Fridays. And it's like, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? There's, there's competent people who know what they're talking about who are free agents, and we're requiring Lil Wayne to do segments with Skip Bayless on Fridays. That's where we're at in sports media. Really? That's where we're at. I mean, I'm clearly not their target demographic. Who is? <laughs> Skip know. Bayless and Lil it Wayne having like a discussion about sports? program for people that don't watch their – like, again, how many times have I said that? This world is full of these companies that are just ignoring their core, uh, their core values and their core audience to, to pander to somebody else that doesn't give a rip about their product. NASCAR is a perfect example. ESPN is a perfect example. I mean, there's a lot of pr- – it's a local radio station that's a perfect example. I mean, I mean, your your core audience has absolutely left you because you left them. That's right. That's, it's not good business. It's not good business. Right. Like I even saw a clip yesterday. Nothing against the people. I'm just saying that's just bad yeah. business. I even saw like a clip yesterday, and this was from ten years ago. I don't know if you saw it, but it was going around, and it was Merrill Hodge, who, for the life of me, I can't figure out oh. why that guy was let go from ESPN. Love. I him. mean, talk about Love great him. memories. Listen to him, but. He did Remember like Jaws a, he, with, with 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 Sal Pal on the matchup show. Right, oh. right. He uh, was I learned it, so much football on. Was that? it Tom Jackson or Keith Tom Jackson? Right, who was on that show too? I believe with Chris Berman and all those guys. So good, but no, yeah. there was like the clip going around of Merrill Hodge and he was nailing like the Jadavion Clowney uh, scouting reports when he was the first overall pick, and he was like Jadavion Clowney's going to be an average player in the NFL, and I would take Khalil Mack and not think twice about it. And, like, all the people on ESPN at the time were like, are you serious right now? And, like, it's like he put, like, great discussion around it and, like, was studying tape on, like, SportsCenter. And it's like, right. when do you get that right. now? You don't have you don't. anybody that really does that nowadays. Sal Pal. Yeah, you get to the, some guy, like, Sal Pal does it on the matchup show with Greg Cosell, who another one is a gym, absolute gym, yep. Greg Cosell. Dan Orvlosky gets the chance to do it from time to time on NFL Live, and I enjoy it. He's very really plugged was in. was fantastic at it. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's the sports media for you nowadays. Yeah. No, thank you. No, that's why you guys are listening to us, the independent voice. That's the independent voice. That's what you got to listen to. The people that aren't controlled by the cor- corporate conglomerates. That's up. And if you want to support the show, JP at the JPPetersonShow.com. 
We love to take your, your advertising dollars, help your business out. So hit us up. Um, what else we got that we need to uh, hit today? Um, no, I was going to point this out too before we get to like the Trask audio and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the Rays, obviously, Cardinals coming in tonight, um, which I'm looking forward to after the day off. But the bigger thing is the uh, I'm not getting. I'm just if, if the if I'm trying to get more optimistic about Shane McClanahan, it's not working, right? With all the news that's coming out, we don't have a diagnosis. And I saw what he spent the whole weekend in Los Angeles getting a second opinion. And then only for them to come out of that, and now that he's going to go see another doctor for another opinion, and all that tells me is they're not getting information they want to hear. Right. Essentially. So I'm just going to – I hate again, I hate to speculate without getting the answer, but just following the tea leaves here, it's hard not to say that it's going to be see you in 2025, Shane. 2025. Think about that. That sucks. That absolutely yeah. sucks. Yeah, for him first and foremost, but obviously for this team where it just feels like something always gets in front of their way, like just derails them. Glass now going to a doctor as well. Um, you know, great to see Wander doing his thing, man. That's uh, that's awesome. Uh, he has he has really picked it up in the last three games. Thanks to little baby, little baby, right? little baby helped him out here. Yeah, so they got the Cardinals coming in and Paul Goldschmidt uh, and and a, a Cardinal team that should have been better. But they're not. No. <laughs> and, and now uh, the Rays need to pick up a couple of uh, series wins here at home and try and catch the Orioles, who are on fire. By the way, did you hear about the, the White Sox? Did you hear about that deal? Um, you had both. You had, what, uh, Middleton, the guy that was traded, yeah. that called them out for the bad culture, yeah. right? Yeah, like uh, pitchers falling asleep in the bullpen. Like pitchers not not even showing up for their fielding practice, right? Guys missing meetings and like zero consequences. Pedro Grafal is the new first year manager, and it's just like you know a complete crap show in 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 Chicago. I just like the money is too big, man, for these guys to be doing stuff like this. And I, for if you're the ownership group, how do you not like fire that guy right today? Well, they, well, if you listen, to, if you listen to Rick Hahn, the general manager, and it was kind of ironic, yeah. Middleton got traded to the Yankees, and they're playing the Yankees right now. In yeah. Chicago, so it was very timely. And Rick Hahn was like, you know, usually I wouldn't address something like this, but because he called out the organization and you know he put his name behind it, I felt I had to say something. And he pushed back on everything that Middleton said and defended everything that's gone on and, and that nothing's happening. But I think it's clear to see that team's a dysfunctional mess. It's a dysfunctional organization. The star player Luis Robert, not earlier this year, had issues where he's not running out ground balls and things like literally like walking almost to first base. It's one thing not to like run it out completely. It's another to like basically walk down the line. Yeah. It's clear to everybody there's issues there. So, but it was you fun. mentioned this. You mentioned this yesterday about you know how you see sports has maybe hit its zenith and 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 interest yes. is waning a lot of ways. You can look at different metrics, and I agree with you. And I think the, one of the biggest parts of it is is the athletes don't respect the game anymore. They don't respect the game. They bring you know bring their politics, and, and I'm you know I'm all for using your platform, but not in your uniform at the game. You know I'm not just I'm sorry. Um, there's plenty of other places for you to do it. Plenty of other you know ways for you to do it, but um, you know that's part of it. And then their lack of respect for the game. Guys, you know, it, you, guys used to understand that. It's a business, but you never let the public know it's a business. You never let the public know it's a business. Don't let them know it's about money. Don't let them know it's about just that. That's was that's kind of the professional athletes' code of honor to each other. 
don't let them know it's a business. Let them think that we're all in this and we, we're giving our all every single day for the love of the game. That's not true, but it should always right. be, you know, the behind the curtain thing uh, that this is a business. But and it, now it's just all become a business. You know, college football. Jesus Christ. Now it's all about money, right? We're, you know, like you talked about. You're ruining the game. You're ruining all the games. I think people are just finally going, you know what? Yeah. You know, okay. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tune in to get lectured. I want to see a baseball game. I want to see a basketball game. I want to see well, a football game. Yeah. I don't need <laughs> the other things that I've always pointed out too. I said this about the All Star Game broadcast, and the same goes for all these separate telecasts we have now for yes for every yes. game. Like I, I, who's interested in listening to Michael K and Alex Rodriguez on a Sunday night baseball tele, uh, alternate broadcast where they're talk they're not talking about the game and they're just telling stories and A Rod's trying to be fake because that's just who he is. I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. Like, all these different things we're bringing in broadcast. Just talk about yeah. the game. And you know that gets me really mad because then I come to this story that happened yesterday that I had to get to. Oh, my God. This is incredible. This is un this this un-freaking believable. Yes. The Orioles announced it. you have the audio? Yeah, let me pull the audio up. I had it on my phone. This let me go over here. And this, this also speaks to how censor people censorship is okay now. Like, whatever you say, it's dangerous. I need a safe place. And, and, we, and there has to be consequences for everything, you, where, what happened to people having freedom of speech? For God's sakes, this is not this even. Is, but to me, this is like not even that deep. Like this is just no, a not, guy. This is just factual. This is just a guy doing his job, telling facts. Uh, and again, the con. You want to play the sound first? You want the context first? Uh, go ahead. Give yeah the context first. Yeah. So this is Kevin Brown, who is regarded as one of the better play-by-play -play announcers in the league. Uh, the Orioles announcer, and he, he, this was during, uh, what, July 23rd against the Rays, I believe. They were in the Trop, and yeah. he's talking about how the Orioles had struggled facing the Rays in the Trop. All factual Hist news. Historically. And by the way, this was not him ad-libbing, okay, because there was a graphic that popped up behind Kevin Brown showing yes. all these numbers that he's essentially just reading off. He didn't add any personal take in it whatsoever. Even if he did, I'd argue it's not a problem. But that was the context to this. And here's the sound from Kevin Brown first, and then we'll tell you what happened. For the Orioles, Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in. But the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the Trop this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years, combined it is a stark difference Ben and it is not a bad Rays team it's not like all of a sudden the no. Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East they've led this division every day but now two and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place yeah. <laughs> and and that got him indefinitely suspended from doing his job first of all that's the producer like you said there's a graphic there they, these, this is a production meeting. Yeah, I've been in these meetings yeah, if you're many gonna, times. If, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to indefinitely suspend the announcer who's just reading the script for the day, then shouldn't the producers, the people in the truck, everything, the people that made the graphics, shouldn't they be complicit in this as well? If it's that's your the logic? Most ridiculous thing ever because, you're, first of all, he's putting in context how good your team is 
now. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's saying, this is, this is how good we have. It's been a while. You're putting it in historical context to understand what a great season this team is having. I mean, it, it, I mean, I just, this is the dumbest, but it, this is a byproduct. I know it's not kind of a free speech thing, but this is a byproduct of this, this absolute asinine attitude that we've come to in America. No, I'll tell you, I'll places. tell you what it's a byproduct that of. You, you gotta silence everybody if you don't like what you hear. I'll tell you That'd what it's a byproduct of. It's a ninety four year old man named Peter Angelos who's thin skinned. Right. right. That's exactly. it. Exactly. You're a yes. thin skinned ninety four year old man. You kidding uh, me I, with I, this? This is this is a travesty. Again, we talk about sports media and how it's going down the drain. This was a black eye on the industry yesterday, as far as I'm concerned. And yes. good on Gary Cohen, and get on good on Michael Kay on their broadcast for tearing this organization up. And by the way, this is an organization that has dealt through some tough, tough years. You're having the yes. best year that you've had in a long, long time. People think of you as a World Series contender. We're talking about those good things. And instead, yesterday, the Orioles were the number one trend. This guy was being talked about on CNN and Fox News last night, not because of the Orioles and their success on the field, but because right. of your 94-year-old thin-skinned owner who can't take a little bit, not even criti- it wasn't even criticism, it was just facts that were stated on his broadcast. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, unbelievable where we've come in, in this country. All right. Uh, uh, big thanks to our good friends at the Gold and Diamond Source. As I mentioned a little earlier, if you've got some gold bullion at home, and who doesn't have a couple of gold bars laying around, right? Uh, silver coins, gold coins, silver flatware, anything of, of precious metal, take it into the Gold and Diamond Source, and they will give you cash money. Cash money. And uh, prices are high now, so it's a great time to sell your gold and sell your silver, sterling silver, whatever you got. Uh, give them a call. Tell them what you got, and then bring it on over. There's a lots of things they will take that you may not think that they will take. So go, uh, just Google the Gold and Diamond Source. Go to goldanddiamondsource.com and contact them through the website and get on over there and collect your money. Of course, if you're going to buy that ring, no other place to do it. In fact, you can use that money and get a discount on the ring. How about that? Great idea. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with some Kyle Trask audio and Gator fans. I have some news news on Anthony Richardson with the Colts as well. So we'll do that when we come back. Stay with us. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve. And treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. 
Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is Fan Stream Sports with JP. 
Time to play football. That's the quote from Servassier Dennis as he gets ready for his first professional game, uh, albeit a preseason game coming up on Friday. Um, I, uh, I, I believe I have made my credential request. I believe I will be at that game. Pretty sure I will be at that game. Uh, Nick Geddes back in our sweltering hot RHS. Oh no, the, the air is back on. I'm, I'm, they got it back on. I'm free again. I'm free. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. I had the, uh, the beautiful new, how do you like the new Orlando studios? Nice back backdrop here. We've got, uh, all my major awards on the, you know what it looks like? It's so structured. Yeah. It's so tidy. It's yeah. so neat that I can say with confidence that you had no part. Had of it. no part of it. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny because actually I did because because I know at least in my circles, like I have an office as well in our home. And let me tell you right now, I had zero designing uh, influence on it whatsoever. From the, you'll be shocked from, from the colors is- of the walls to where things are placed in my office. I had no say. This is 90 percent me. Ninety percent me. There's, a, there's, there's the there's the uh, the big red machine signed photograph right there. My prized collectible. Big red machine is that Kane? You got Kane back there somewhere? No, it's big red machine. You Johnny don't even know. Bench. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, and I have no, <laughs> not a rap reference. It's a wrestling. I have rap my uh, my picture of me interviewing Magic Johnson and Emmett Smith, and of course uh, Brad Johnson. One had to have that. A few of those uh, Edward R. Murrow awards back there. Um, couldn't find the Emmy though. I gotta get. The, I don't know, I think I lost my Emmy. My, my Emmy, my Florida State diploma that I almost threw out. I swear to God, I had it in a garbage box because something else was covering it up. And I'm like, oh, gee. so I saved you that. You don't need that. You don't need that thing. I don't even know where mine is. My UCF diploma. I have no idea. And I'm only two really? years graduate. Because like, you didn't frame it. No, I did not frame it. I'm not sentimental about those things. I, I don't, I'm not really yeah. sentimental about certain things because in my eyes. My I saw it, I lived it, and so that's good enough with me. Yeah. So that's why I'm not yeah. a big pitch taker or like holding on to those things. Yeah, I'm. I'm that's exactly me. the opposite. Uh, Ashley calls me a sentimental hoarder. But boxes it's, and boxes of stuff from my career. But it's funny when you think about sports, you're completely opposite. You're not about the sentiment, the sentimentality whatsoever in regards no, to sports. No, no, no. There's you know not when you're making decisions on your future. No, that plays should should play no role. You know, it's, you don't pay for past performance; you pay for future possibilities. That's that's Good the one. professional game, and it's up to us who chronicle the game history to uh, to to do that in our way, and then people can keep our articles or like we people used to keep newspaper articles. How about that? There are no newspapers anymore. I do actually I have. I actually I just thought of this. I do know and still own. My first ever article I wrote when I was nine years old. Wow! At J A Biztown. Did you? Have, did you? Did your kids ever go to J A Biztown? I think they did. I think they did. That's like uh, a little like village where they you you do different jobs. Like yeah, adult jobs, you do. Right? It's like, yeah, you do like the car wash of jobs, kind of. You jump around. And they had like a fairgrounds or something. I guess so. I don't even remember, but it was like fifth grade, and I wrote articles about the. uh, I actually wrote a a 2009 season mid-season recap on the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2009 for JA Biztown, and I published it in a paper there, and I still have the paper. Like I was writing about Simone Gagne and Alex Tangay and all these guys as a nine-year-old. 
I, I get to I get to tell you this story. I hope you guys find this funny. So when I, I you know just moving uh, I did I, I I covered a lot of my old artifacts, and I found my school newspaper from middle school, and the first article that I wrote on the middle school basketball team, of which I was a member. And because so, I remember writing this, like I I was like asking my teacher like, how do I write a story about a team that I'm on, and I I'm one of the players. And she's just like, do the best you can. <laughs> Thank you for the guidelines there. Appreciate that. But I'm like reading this and I'm talking about my buddies like, uh, new forward Joel McEwen just moved from Kentucky and will move into the starting lineup. Other starting forwards could be John Peterson. <laughs> who, who's who, good. What, I got to go find it. What I wrote, I just, I was on the ground laughing. I was laughing so hard. Whose knowledge of the plays and execution Makes him a front runner for the forwards. <laughs> I left out lack of athleticism and kind of fat. And and this folks, <laughs> this folks is why we we are taught on day one of journalism school conflict of interest. That is why it is covered immediately when you go to journalism school. Well, there was nobody else on the staff to write the story, so I had to write it. It was funny though. I was like, and, uh, and I was the editor of the paper, and my name is misspelled. That's that's portending of we, things we, to come. We spe- you misspelled the Olsen Viking Middle you, School. You misspelled yes. John Peterson. I, I left off the end. Was it me? It was my it was my type my typist who did it. It was their fault. What were you typing on back then? Uh, you know, one of those those Hutton Peck, uh, not electric typewriters. Yeah, the yeah that was um, that was a that was definitely a, a treat to read that. So anyway, well, um, I'm glad we know we, we learned how old you are. It's great. Yeah, there you go. Nineteen. That was nineteen. That was the bicentennial, nineteen seventy-six, I believe, or maybe nineteen seventy-seven when it snowed in Hollywood, Florida. Yeah, it pictures on the front page of the Olson Viking. Yes, the uh, the snowed in in. We all, and our teacher told us it's funny that the only day that's ever snowed, and we had windows in our classroom, and there was like a, a common area outside. So it starts snowing. All the other classes are running out into the common areas so they could run into the snow. And our teacher was like, you are not leaving your desks. <laughs> I was like, uh, nope, follow me. <laughs> we rushed the door. I'm out. Sorry, sorry, teach. Here we go. Oh, I'll never forget that. You cannot leave this room. <laughs> Bye-bye. It's amazing more, how rebellious you've As more rebellious as you've always been and a ringleader yes. of that rebellion. It's amazing you're here with us today. Yeah, it really is. Well, I started early. I started. All right, let's get to the Kyle Trask audio and stop all this shenanigans. Hope you enjoyed those stories. Um, so, why don't you go ahead and set up the Trask audio? Yeah, I'll, I'll go to this first one here, which I thought was one of his better sound bites. And this was talking about because we've heard so far in camp about his growing confidence and you know being more assertive, perhaps in his leadership. Uh, so here was Kyle Trask talking about that, how his. Uh, Oh my goodness, confidence has grown so far this season. Uh, I mean, it's 100% absolutely grown since last year. Um, you know, I was just a young quarterback in the NFL trying to call a play in a huddle. It's kind of hard. Um, you know, you don't realize how much studying, you know, it actually takes. You know, you really have to, like, you know, make it, you know, your livelihood to go home and study and, you know, make sacrifices with your time. And I think I've just been trying to 
um, study as much as I can. And then it really, I feel like personally it pays off when I come out here and I'm able to just, just be confident and play fast. Um, so I'm just going to continue to do that. Was there more to that one? I couldn't, I couldn't tell. No, um, that cut off there off that one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's this is just part of the maturation, but listening to him and then listening to Baker and, you know, Trask just, he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't sound like Tom Brady. You know, he doesn't sound like Jameis Winston. He just doesn't really sound like a super confident NFL quarterback. But that don't mean squat. No, and it's like the way he it's it's the way he answers. It's the way he starts every question too. He go or after answering every question, he goes, "Uh," like he does like that after every single answer to start. Uh, like you know, it does it. It doesn't come off like you know, like he's ready to go and like you know, he kind of speaks in a different tone and everything. And then Baker comes to speak, and it's completely different. And I think this is one of the biggest reasons people have didn't have any confidence in him. He just doesn't carry himself like that um the you know the meme of him like what was it brady or what no i think it was baker uh, whatever and, and he it's uh, every picture of the quarterback groupings in the last two years it was just he was always behind and like yeah it was the baker mike one from a couple weeks ago yeah yeah and uh, he just, he's just kind of big old red is just kind of you know lurking in the background there old red. <laughs> i'm just gonna we can't call him big oh, red that's uh that's ryan jensen but he will call him old red i guess old red okay old red can we call him the 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 red the red rocket the red rifle rocket? Uh, sorry, red Andy rifle? Andy Dalton's already taken that nickname. He's got the red rifle. He's got the red rifle. Although old red probably reminds you of something completely different. Unfortunately, it does actually. Yeah. All right, next. All right, we'll go to him on limiting turnovers, which thus far through camp he's done a good job of doing. Um, I've definitely been seeing what I can and can't do for the I'm past two years. Um, so I think I have a, a, you know, a much better idea now. So, um, you know, I know what situations, you know, you have to take more risks in. Um, and I think if we can just play clean as an offense, um, that's going to give us the best chance to win in the end. Um, and, you know, I'm just trying to you know, do the best that I can do, um, which includes protecting the football. So it's kind of funny how he said that about, um, you know, learning what he can and cannot do in the offense, and Baker's obviously talked about that. And then today, and again, we didn't, I didn't sit to see that part of practice with my own eyes, neither did you, so I don't really know the context of the interceptions necessarily. Exactly. But That's yeah, very hard. You know, can you infer maybe or just put it out there, maybe he was taking more chances today, right? And you see what happens, and now the interceptions kind of start to pile up a little bit, like they did for Baker, who we know has been taking more chances. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems that's the kind of the way I view it right now. Again, without the benefit of seeing it with my own eyes. Yeah, and, and maybe they're you know, kind of chiding Trask to take a few more chances. You know, so right? Start because he's, the limit. He's got to be more. What you can and cannot do. Right, because here's the thing: you can not throw a lot of interceptions. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks do that, but. How efficient are you going to be at moving the ball? Are they ever going to have big exactly. plays? Do you want to just be a because you know who you know who does a good job of not turning the ball over and playing within the offense, quote unquote? We talk about backup quarterbacks like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they're exactly. safe. Well, and you can look at uh, you know uh, Ryan. I don't know if Ryan Tannehill is a good um, example of this. Uh, you got. To, there's just times when you have to take 
chances. You just can't be captain checkdown all the time. You know, you're you're not going to score points that way. Your completion percentage will be in the high sixties, but you're not going to score points. Yeah, and that was and, part of the problem with Brady last year. Dare I say, and this is on this is a completely different end of the spectrum, but dare I say that's part of the reason why, and Aaron Rodgers, for example has yeah. this incredible quarterback or touchdown interception ratio that's never going to be topped in the history of the NFL but how often is he taking chances in certain situations and is that a reason why he has not won as much in his career as you thought exactly. he would have yes. right whereas Brady is more willing to just throw that thing in there and see what you know and see what there's happens balance. There's, there's balance there balance. uh yep. let's talk about or hear him talk about off-season work paying off this season I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've worked on in the off season, um, you know, the guys that I've trained with uh, in the off season and be able to come back and implement that into uh, this offense. Um, I think, you know, I've kind of almost surprised myself, you know, just how I've been able to take what I worked on in the off season and actually have it, you know, I think it has helped me a lot um, coming back uh, this camp. And, you know, that's just going to be my focus is just like, um, you know, if I ever get out of rhythm, just, you know, getting back to, you know, what I was doing previously since uh, that was, that's been working for me. Um, so just, you know, staying grounded, staying focused and, uh, you know, just trying to keep playing clean. All right. That's enough. I can't take any more. <laughs> I knew that was coming from you. I knew that was he coming is from you. boring. Oh, my God. That's uh, does not, that's not, um, really fire me up or reek of leadership but you know there's a, there's different ways to lead there's different ways to lead and leading by scoring points is the best way to do it so and none of this has any real um effect on the quarterback competition in terms of how he talks or but I, but I do think there you know I want my quarterback to have a little charisma I want him to have some moxie as Todd Bowles would say I will I want him to have some sizzle and, I, I, you know, you don't get it from a Kyle Trask interview. You get it from some of his throws. Yeah. They sizzle. But I'm just saying. I mean, again, like I said, when you go out there and you watch Baker throw and you watch Kyle Trask throw, who looks like the franchise quarterback? I, it, it looks like Kyle Trask. Looks aren't everything. I get it. Yeah. Just same way that what you say in a press conference is not everything either. But, but the way they play in the games, and maybe more importantly, the way they play against the Jets in those joint practices are going to determine right. who's the starter. So I think it's these these preseason games. Yeah, are I I huge. really I really want both quarterbacks, obviously, but especially Kyle Trask. Like going against the Jets defense in those practices, that's one of the better defenses in the league with the defensive mastermind at the helm with with Robert Salah. Uh, right. Sauce Gardner on the outside. I mean, that's first of all, that's going to be appointment TV to see Sauce Gardner and Mike Evans. Somehow, one yeah. of the best. That's that's probably the matchup that we're most looking forward to seeing. You get the one of the best corners in the league, if not the best, versus one of the most physical receivers in the league. So I'm curious to see how Kyle Trask kind of adapts to that kind of that kind of you know what goes on there. Are those two guys really going to be going at it though in preseason? I think they're both probably professional enough. No, I'm talking about in the. Yeah. I'm talking about during the practices. Yeah, during the practices, during you're the right. practices, I don't care about the yeah. game, but the practices, I think that's going to be the matchup that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, that the one on ones. Oh hell yeah, that'll be good. All right, uh, let's hit one more break, and then when we come back, we'll wrap things up here. Um, 
We uh, we got a couple more notes here. Tim Anderson, fine. Oh, I got to give you the Anthony Richardson news too, as well for you Gator fans out there who are like, why the hell was he not better at Florida? I don't know. Blame Dan Mullen. Back in three. Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fanstream Sports. All right, welcome back. Just a couple minutes here to uh, wrap things up. Um, some college football notes. The Gators will uh, take on number 14, Utah, and August 31st. That's how fast that's coming up. August 31st, like three weeks. Um, three Fridays for now. I believe it's, it's like 18. Center. Yeah, it's like the, oh, the opener, whatever it is, is 18 days away. So we're almost there. 
And Napier saying yesterday that uh, a lot of his first and second year players have got to step up. He's going to be playing a ton of young freshmen and sophomores. Uh, and this uh, preseason poll has five teams ranked in the top 14 for them to play. Number one, Georgia. Number five, LSU. Number eight, Florida State. Number 10, Tennessee. And number 14, Utah. That is a uh, that is a tough schedule for a bunch of young players, but we uh, and Graham Mertz will be probably the starting quarterback. He's the uh, transfer from Wisconsin, and Eugene Wilson from Gaither High, one of their big recruits, will be a very very important part of their passing game. So you don't know a lot of these players' names, but the Gators are going to be young. They're going to be talented, um, but you know it's it's uh, if they win more than four or five games, I will I will be shocked uh florida state by the way as we mentioned ranked eighth in the preseason poll uh they are uh, already started fall practice they'll be in jacksonville on thursday pat burnham from the osceola will join us from practice on thursday so we'll get an update on that and um usf also practicing as we speak i believe right now they're continuing their camp so yeah so we should have uh, coach gullish on the show uh coming up soon we chatted about that at the golf tournament um so hope to have him on soon and they are um, just absolutely running a breakneck offense. They want to run a play every 13 seconds. He's got 49 new players on this roster, 49 new players, lots of uh, transfers from big schools, SEC schools, ACC schools. It's, they're a complete unknown. Well, when, he was calling, when he was calling plays at UCF, it was called the UCF fast offense. Yeah, My and they, they will go fast. I mean, up-tempo. So – um, but you better get it right. <laughs> Up tempo looks really bad when you're going three and out, and it crushes your defense. So um, that's going to be fun. They got a hell of a quarterback <laughs> battle going there with uh, Jerry Buchanan and uh, Byron Brown too. So we'll see who wins that sucker. Hey, best Lots thing of great uh, college football. 